the Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. Today I'm, I'm eager to speak with you about the ministry of Jesus. And you guys will see today within Jesus' ministry that he's always prepared within every single season. Regardless of what the season may be, Jesus is prepared. From John chapter 2, where we see the the wedding at Cana, all the way to Matthew chapter 14, where Jesus is speaking to multitudes. He's speaking to a crowd after he hears the news that his beloved cousin was murdered, was executed, John the Baptist. And his goal and his desire was to get away, to be alone. But the Bible says that he saw the crowd and he was moved with compassion. And instead of getting away immediately, he attended to the needs of the crowd. We see again, Jesus was ready in every single season. So I want to speak to you this morning about the ministry of Jesus versus the mind of the Pharisees. The ministry of Jesus versus the mind of the Pharisees. And today as we look at Jesus' ministry, I'm going to highlight his works over his words. So instead of highlighting his words, this morning I'm highlighting his works, the things that he did. And we're going to see a few of his miracles as well this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 3 is always a great reminder. Verse 16 tells us this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen? Just a, just a great reminder that all Scripture, when we come to, to hear God's Word, a great reminder is always 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, that all Scripture, all of it, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The NIV says... All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The NLT says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And unfortunately, it seems as though the the Pharisees were always learning, yet never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They were always learning. They were studious, always learning, but it seems as though they were never truly able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's also 2 Timothy 3 and verse 7. And that's also many Christians today. Learning. Information. But never truly able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So we're going to stay in, uh, in 2 Timothy for just a moment. And we're, going to be, and we're going to begin this morning with chapter 4 and verse 2. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2 says this. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Preach the word. 
be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. The NLT says, preach the Word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. God's Word translation. Be ready to spread the Word whether or not the time is right. Point out errors, warn people, and encourage them. Be very patient when you teach. And the NIV, again, says, preach the Word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. You guys understand that as, as believers, right, we're, we're all called to, to ministry. Right? This is not just for a select few, but we're all called to ministry. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us, right, we have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, and therefore he has given to you and I the ministry of reconciliation. That is reconciling people to God through Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us to proclaim, to boldly proclaim the word. And it's the word of reconciliation, bringing people to him. So if we have come to him, if we know him, our ministry then is to bring others to know him too. So we're called to ministry. And, and ministry is almost never convenient. Understand that today. Ministry is almost never convenient. I, I was just in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, as you guys know, a week and a half ago. And, um, and on one of the nights while I was there, I, um, I went to my Airbnb and I couldn't get in. Um, because the, the owner accidentally reset the code. So I messaged him and told him I couldn't get in. And uh, so while he was figuring that out, I went to, to the gym, uh, found a gym out there and was just, um, just out there. And then um, when I was done, it, it was like, it was late. It was like 12.30 at night in the morning. And, um, and I'm getting ready to leave. Uh, the owner figured everything out. Um, so I'm getting ready to leave, and, um, and the guy who, who works at the gym, so we get into a conversation. And the conversation turns into um, him speaking about, you know, his, his mother is religious, but, but, um, but he's not, you know. And, um, and then other things come up about, about uh, the white Jesus. He starts speaking about, you know, the white Jesus and, um, and how, how, how religion started in, in Africa, and, you know, so... All these things start, start coming up. So we start having, having a conversation, um, and I begin to, uh, in love, um, correct some of, these, some of these things that he's, he's speaking about. And uh, it's an hour. Man, we end up speaking for, for an hour. Um, and the gospel was, was presented to him. And that worker came in that night working the overnight shift. And, and he came to Christ that night. Let's, yeah, amen. Let's be a church that when we hear that, that someone comes to Christ, that we rejoice like the angels do, amen? Amen. So, so that night, we spoke for, 
for a while, and, and he, he, came, he came to Christ. And I, he told me about, um, about growing up with an absent father and, and so on and so on. Um, and he actually even said, he said, man, you know, I, I, um, um, I wish that you were here, that you were staying here to continue with me. He said those words. And I told him, man, like, like find a good church um, and so on and so on. And I, I even told him that I'm going to look for one for him in Nashville. Um, but he, he came to Christ that night and his life was transformed. And I didn't leave until like 1.30 in the morning and get home at like 2 a.m. in the morning. Ministry is never convenient. That's why I shared that. It's, it's, it's never convenient. I had to be up early for the convention um, and was tired. But ministry is never convenient. So we are to be ready in season and out of season. Praise God. John chapter 2. We're going to read now John chapter 2. We're going to begin here. Verse 1. First miracle that Jesus performed, the first recorded miracle. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? Notice, he says, my hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, she just ignores him. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast and they took it when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from but the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him every man at the beginning sets out the good wine and when the guests have well drunk then the inferior you have kept the good wine until now this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Be ready in and out of season. For Jesus, he said, my hour has not yet come, yet he still did the miracle. Yet he still did the miracle. Seasons is that which is known. Seasons are expected. Seasons are predictable. Seasons are numbered. And, and in Virginia, I would say that seasons are, are fairly predictable. We, we have four, four seasons here. That's not the case in London. In England, that is not the case. But, but in, in Virginia, I'd say we pretty much have, have four seasons. So that's that's a blessing. But seasons are known. They are expected. They are predictable. You know what to expect. Winter's winter, summer's summer. 
to be, to be ready out of season is to be unpredictable. And it's to be led by the Holy Spirit. To be ready out of season. It's to be unpredictable. It's to be spontaneous. It's to be led by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus' ministry was many times unpredictable. It was many times spontaneous and it was out of the norm. And the, the religious church people known as the Pharisees, they were always complaining and fighting against his ministry. Because his ministry never fit within their box. The Pharisees were, I'm going to read from this source right now, um, got questions. The, the Pharisees were an, an influential religious sect within Judaism in the time of Christ and the early church. They were known for their emphasis on personal piety, their acceptance of oral tradition in addition to the written law, and their teaching that all Jews should observe all 600 plus laws in the Torah, including the rituals concerning ceremonial purification. The Pharisees were mostly middle class businessmen and leaders of the synagogues, though they were a minority in the Sanhedrin, in the Sanhedrin and held a minority number of positions as priests. They seemed to control the decision making of the Sanhedrin because they had popular support among the people. They were a, a, a religious group and they were, uh, they were very, very, as you know, very prideful. Uh, they believed that they were um, above other men. They really even saw themselves really as sinners. They saw others as sinners. And, but, but, but I'm going to tell you, they were, um, they were outstanding with their, um, hmm, with the way that they conducted themselves, with the way that they, they, they seemed to portray themselves to the world. You would look at them and say, man, these are honorable, honorable men. Because they, they carried themselves well. It was an outward appearance. So, the Pharisees always had an issue with Jesus and with his ministry. So, today we're going to speak about the, the, the miracles that Jesus performed. Jesus performed seven miracles on the Sabbath day. And we're going to see by these miracles that Jesus was always ready. They were spontaneous and they were always based on the present need. Seven miracles on the Sabbath. So let's begin to look at the amazing work that Jesus did and the great love that he bestowed upon the people that he died for and the people that he loved. And let's see also how the Pharisees responded to what Jesus did. Mark chapter 3, verse 1 through 6 is where we are going to begin. Again, he performed seven miracles on the Sabbath. Mark 3, 1 through 6. Another time, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Another time, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. We're going to read a lot, by the way, this morning. 
And I'm going to let the, the text do the majority of the speaking, and you will find out that it's powerful. Another time, Jesus was in the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Can we say amen? Verse 6. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. What? Are you guys here this morning? Yeah? Are you following this morning? Jesus heals a man with a shriveled hand in the synagogue, in the temple. Verse 6, the Pharisees went out. This is their response to what Jesus did. The Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. What in the world is going on? That, that's, not, that's not normal, folks. That's, that's not... That's not normal. <laughs> Man with a shriveled hand was healed, and we should be praising God for that, right? But the response of the Pharisees is, um, let's figure out how we can kill this man. Completely blown, way out of proportion. Like, where, where did that come from? like 2 plus 2 equals 999 gazillion, trillion, billion, cotillion. Like, like what? That, that's so random. And I was in, I mean, did I read that wrong? It says the same thing in your Bible. They plotted how they might kill. I, I, just, I just don't. And, and literally, as I, was, as I was going through this, like, I seriously had to, had to pause multiple times with the text that I'm sharing with you. I had to pause and just, my mind was just blown away by the response to the Pharisees. I believe that um, a, a religious spirit or, or a spirit of religion is one of the worst spirits to deal with one of the worst spirits to deal with. It is impossible to reason with, with a spirit of religion, with a religious spirit. It is impossible to reason with them. 
because they're going to defend their, their ungodly traditions at the expense of seeing people delivered and set free and come to know Jesus Christ. So, it's going to be a long day with the Pharisees this morning. Let's move on. John chapter, chapter 5, verse 1 through 18. John 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. Amen, church. Praise God. Amen. What if this was your family? Amen. And that day was the Sabbath. Verse 10, the Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. When, what? <laughs> he answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews <sighs> I'm already tired. <laughs> For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus. For what reason? Because he healed a man that was sick for 38 years? For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he'd done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore, verse 18, the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Mm. Okay. Recap. 
Jesus heals a lame man at the, at the pool of Bethesda. This man was sick, guys, for 38 years. I don't know if you know anyone that's been sick for 38 years. But this is a real story and a real man. And this man was sick and he was bound. He was in his condition for 38 years. And Jesus saw him and met him where he was. And Jesus healed that man that day. to the point where the bed that this man had been laying on, he picked it up and he began to walk with it. And the Pharisees, their response is, why is he carrying his bed on the Sabbath? Why is he doing that? Well, why is he carrying his bed on the Sabbath day? You just, you missed the point. Where is your love? Where is your compassion? That's the response of the Pharisees. Let's, let's move on. Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through 28. Are you guys following this morning? Amen. Mark 1, 21 through 28. We're speaking about the ministry of Jesus versus the mind of the Pharisees. Mark 1, 21 through 28. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What, what new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. Recap. Jesus drives out an unclean spirit. This man is demon-possessed. He's demon-possessed. There is a, a demon, an evil spirit living and dwelling on the inside of this man. And Jesus casts the spirit out of him. And this man is delivered and set free. And the Pharisees, their response is, what, what kind of doctrine is this? 
What kind of doctrine is this? So the, the Pharisees, they're, they're, even, they're questioning the, the doctrine of Jesus. They don't, they don't care that the man's been delivered and set free. It's, it's evident that he's been delivered, that he's been set free, but, they, but they're not concerned about that. Now they're questioning the doctrine of Jesus. What kind of doctrine is this? That's the, the response to the Pharisees. The Pharisees had an issue with this doctrine 2,000 years ago. And the Pharisees today still have issues with that kind of doctrine. Evil spirits exist. And they dwell in people. And they can be cast out of people today. And I will never accept the doctrine that Jesus no longer heals, delivers, and sets people free. Amen, church? That's a demonic doctrine, to, to put it boldly. The Pharisees had, had issues with this 2,000 years ago. And there are people still today that have issues with the same thing. The removing and casting out of spirits. Our God still does miracles. Amen. Amen. The next thing that happens after this is that Jesus um, heals Peter's mother-in-law. But we're not going to read that because the, the Pharisees... Uh, they were not present at that miracle. Moving on, Luke chapter 13, 10 through 17. Luke 13, 10 through 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. We could preach a whole message on that one verse right there. But when Jesus saw her, verse 12, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Mm. Verse 11 again. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Nothing she could do for herself. But when Jesus saw her, Man, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. It's not good. But, whenever you see that word but, but the ruler of the synagogue answered, With what, Chris? What does it say? 
indignation. Any of you guys get angry when you read that? (laughs) But the ruler of the synagogue answered, it's a powerful word right there, with indignation. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are, there are six days. There are six days, guys, on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on those days, but not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound... Think of it, for, for 18 years, be, be, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame. And all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Yeah, yeah, amen. The, the folks, the crowd rejoice, not the Pharisees. They rejoiced. So let's just recap again, just in case you missed it. Jesus heals a crippled woman with a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. And the response, verse 14, but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath. That was their response. There are six days that you can heal. Don't be healing on the Sabbath. That's how they responded to a woman who was delivered and set free from a spirit of infirmity. And I'm not teaching and, 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 and breaking down that particular passage today, uh, but I will say um, there are also spirits of infirmity. Every, every sickness is not a spirit, right? But some things are spiritual. Amen. Amen. It's important that we know that and we understand that. Everything is not a spirit, but there, there are some things, there are some infirmities that are that are spiritual. Let's move on. Luke chapter 14, verse, verse 1 through 6. Jesus performed seven miracles on the Sabbath day. We're looking at Jesus' ministry. I'm focusing today on his works instead of his, his words, the things that he did, and we're looking at the response and the reaction of the Pharisees to the ministry and the work of Jesus, the things that he did for those that he loved. He was always ready. In and out of season, he was always prepared. Luke 14, 1 through 6. Now it happened, as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy, 
And Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them saying, Which of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. So Jesus here, he, he, he questions the Pharisees so they have no time to respond. They can't even respond here. He, he does the miracle on the Sabbath and then he questions them because he knows where their minds are at and they don't have a chance to respond here. Alright, I'm going to do just one more. John chapter 9, 1 through 16. John 9, 1 through 16. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind. Blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Verse 7. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read again, starting at verse 1. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind. This man was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and he washed and he came back seeing. Praise God. 
Verse 8, Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He's, he's like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, um, A man called Jesus. He made clay and he, he anointed my eyes and he said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. Verse 13, they brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Uh Uh-oh. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a division among them. Recap. Jesus healed a man who was born blind. He never saw a day in his life. He, he, he could not see. He was an adult. So his, his childhood, his teenage years, his adulthood, he never saw anything. And Jesus came to this man. And Jesus opened his eyes. And the Pharisees, their response was, this man, he's not from God. Let me explain to you why he's not from God. Because he did this on the Sabbath day. That was the mindset of the Pharisees. You can't make this up. The Pharisees, they were, they were zealous. And I want, you, I want you to understand, too, that they were, they were, when the Bible speaks about their indignation, it was real indignation. They were zealous and they were passionate. And this was their conviction. Like, they were moving from a place of conviction, like, how dare you? But they don't understand, like, 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 the Sabbath day, they never understood. The Sabbath day was not made to be served. But the Sabbath day was made for, to serve you, for you to rest. And the, and the Pharisees, they really, they really were stressed out on, on the Sabbath, man. They, Sabbath days were stressful for the Pharisees. They couldn't just rest, man, but it was, it was stressful. They made it stressful. And a man who's born blind, they can't rejoice 
They can't see the person. They can't rejoice at the healing and the deliverance and the freedom. But their response is, he did this on the Sabbath day. And they call Jesus, they call him an, an ungodly man. So this is, this is the Pharisees, and I just say wow to them. Wow, 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 wow. I, you know, I used to act, right? So I know how to perform. You, you give me a script and I'll, I'll become the character. You know, I'll, I'll learn my lines. I'll know my, my marks. I'll know my cues. And I will never forget my mark. I'll never forget my cues. I'll never forget my lines. And even if I did, you would never know. But I knew my character and I knew what to do on the stage. And your cell phone may go off. Your, your baby may be crying. You may even be choking. And I will not stop. And I will not break character until the show is over and I make that final bow. And for many Christians, they operate in exactly the same way. We're well prepared. We know our lines, our cues, our marks. We've rehearsed very well. And nothing will change that. Nothing. Nothing will change the rehearsal. And that's how, how many believers are today. And, and sometimes the Holy Spirit will want you to be spon spontaneous. Sometimes the, the, only, the only ministry that people know is the ministry that they have prepared for. But the Holy Spirit is, is calling us and, and, and causing us and calling us to be to be spontaneous, to be ready in and out of season, to change things up. And Jesus, he did that. He did that. He was always ready. And he was spontaneous and he loved people and he met them where they were. And he always made time for people. Ministry is never, almost never convenient. But this is the Pharisees. And finally, as you guys know, I was somewhat brief here today, but I hope you get the point. I was thinking of the, um, of the parable of the Good Samaritan. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, the priest was expected to help. We all know that. And as I was thinking about this parable, the, the priest and the Levite, right? But the priest was expected to help. He should have been the one that was moved with compassion to help a man that was bruised and, and beaten in the streets. But I was thinking to myself, maybe, maybe the priest, maybe he didn't know how to minister out of season. 
Maybe he didn't know how to minister out of his context. Maybe he didn't know how to minister out of the synagogue. Maybe he didn't know how to minister out of the temple. And I was thinking, maybe the priest was even going to church. And he just bypassed the the need that was before him, the priest and the Levite. And maybe they just don't understand how how to minister outside of their season, out of season. Christ is calling you and I to minister, to be spontaneous. And I pray that none of us here today or online have the mindset of the Pharisees. I exposed their mindset today because it is a very real mindset. A very real mindset. And I always wonder if Jesus came back today, not for the second coming, but he was among us today in 2021. I wonder who the Pharisees would be. I wonder who he would identify within our churches as the Pharisees. I'm always curious about that. The Pharisees, they they did not know their problem. You understand that, right? They didn't realize that they had a problem. That's that's the, the worst thing about being deceived, right? Is that you don't know that you are deceived. That's why deception is so powerful, because you just you just don't know it. You just don't know that you are deceived. So so I wonder in 2021, all the churches across the world, I wonder who Jesus would identify among us the body of Christ, as the Pharisees. Jesus loved people, and he spent a lot of time with people. But I'm going to tell you, the only people that I see that Jesus had issues with all throughout Scripture is who, Dave? The Pharisees. I'm t- the Pharisees. And these were, these were the religious people. These were the religious. So, Jesus, Jesus healed and, and delivered and set free and, and people came to, to know him. He changed people's lives and they were, and they were sinners. They were broken. They were the, the so-called bad people. And the Pharisees, they, they had a different kind of mindset. And they focused again on the, on the uh, appearance and on the works versus the love and the compassion. As we conclude here this morning, let me recap the miracles of Jesus. Today we read that Jesus healed a man with a shriveled hand. A man with a shriveled hand was healed. Jesus healed a lame man by the pool of Bethesda who was 38 years lame. Jesus drived out an evil spirit that cried out in the synagogue. Jesus healed a crippled woman with a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. 
Jesus healed a man who was born blind and he got to see for the first time. However, the Pharisees began to plot. This is their reactions. They began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. They said, excuse me, dumb stuff. Like, why is he carrying his bed on the Sabbath day? There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. They questioned and complained about the doctrine of Jesus. Some of the Pharisees, they said, this man is not from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. These are the, way that, the ways that the Pharisees responded to the works of Jesus. Let's stand up this morning as I read Matthew chapter 2 and as we close here. Matthew chapter 2, 13 through 17. Then he went out again by the sea and all the multitude came to him and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to him, Those who are well have no need of a physician. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I often think about, man, what was the ministry of the Pharisees? They were not interested in sinners. And then Jesus, he says, the famous line, he says, those who are well have no need of a physician. He's speaking about the Pharisees. No one's well. We're all sick, all of us. We're all sinners. But the Pharisees, they were well. They saw themselves as, as well. So Jesus is speaking to them and he says, those who are well have no need of a physician. Like, me, me and you Pharisees, I've got nothing to offer you. Which is deep. Jesus is like, I... I got nothing to offer you because they, they saw themselves as well. They saw themselves as right. But Jesus said, but those who are sick, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen? That's what Jesus came to do, to call sinners to repentance.
Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I thank you, Father, for today. I thank you, Lord, for your Spirit. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you, Lord, that you came and you're calling us this morning to repent. If there's anyone in this room that acknowledges their, their sickness, if there's anyone in this room, if there's anyone online that acknowledges their, their sickness, that they are sick, I thank you that you are the great physician, that you came for all who are sick. So Father, I pray today, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that you would begin to touch hearts right now. I know, Lord God Almighty, that you are knocking on the doors of hearts. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone online or in this room that does not know you, that this morning that they will surrender to you. Lord, I thank you that you died to save us. Your word says that the wages of sin is death, and because of our sin, we deserve death, and we deserve hell, and we deserve destruction. But because of your grace, and because of your mercy, your word tells us in Romans 5.8 that you demonstrated your love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ, you died for us. And then we know, Lord, that your word tells us that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, if we believe in our hearts that we are sinners, that you will forgive us, that you will restore us, that you will make us well, and that you will make us whole. So if there is anyone with everyone's eyes closed this morning, if there's anyone in this room, and if you're online and you say, that's me, I'm, I'm sick, and I haven't met the great physician, and today I acknowledge my sickness, and I come in the presence of the great physician, and I want to be saved this morning. I want to be made whole and made well this morning then right where you are, just lift up your hand where you are in response. Right where you are. Just lift up your hand if you say, I want Jesus to save me this morning. Amen. 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 And as you responded this morning, I want to say to you, as you raised your hand, I want to say to you this morning, that Jesus Christ, that he loves you, that he forgives you, and that he is making you whole. And I thank you for responding this morning to Jesus. And we're going to pray together as a church. And I want you to pray out loud with me in faith 
as we call upon the name of the Lord, there's nothing special about this particular prayer, but we're calling upon the name of the Lord as the Bible tells us to. So pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Let's pray in faith, saints. Say, Lord Jesus. I recognize that I am a sinner and that my sins separate me from you. Wash me. Cleanse me. Forgive me from all of my sins. I no longer want to be Lord of my own life, but I want you to be Lord of my life. Today, I receive by faith the free gift of salvation. Thank you, Christ, for loving me and for dying for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Yeah, can we, yeah, can we rejoice? Yeah, that's good. Woo. Praise the Lord. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at thewaycitychurch.org.